Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Charlie Walters, the big shooter. I got one thing to say to the crew of the Ride with Reiki. Let's kick some ass. Now, I got to tell you the background on that story. I was thinking that it's, it's really time. We're getting down to the nubbins here. We got to start kicking some ass. That's right? true, yes. Mm-hmm. Now, we got to get her going here. We got to really get her rolling. And uh, Charlie Walters, a uh, great character that I worked with, the St. Paul Paper, we were uh, the underdogs uh, going back to when this Minneapolis paper had this, they had more sports writers on the star. And the Tribune individually than we had at the working for both mm-hmm. papers. So we were the plucky underdogs. Not quite as underdoggy as they are now with <laughs> seven sports writers, but uh, but we were the plucky underdogs. So Charlie'd come in and there'd be 12 guys from the Minneapolis papers there. And there'd be two or three of us for some big event. And he said, let's kick some ass, boys. <laughs> so I, I was thinking of, we, we need a battle cry for uh, uh, these... Uh, the home stretch. The, 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 the late summer edition of the Ride with Ricey, the pre-fair edition, and I was thinking, Shooty, I got to get Shooty to fire us up like he used to fire us up with Let's Kick Some Ass. Nice. <laughs> uh, Shooty and I, uh, it was... Uh, I, I, I might as well... The first night he was worked for the newspaper, they brought him in. Uh, Arnold Gaithel hired him and brought him in. And this was this was before he became the notes the, the famous notes columnist at the St. Paul Paper. He was just a a rube who'd quit playing baseball and finished his degree at the university, a journalism degree. And uh, that's I've told you this story. That Don Riley was the wacky St. Paul columnist. Ish, and this was where you still typed and pasted the the the, the sheets of paper together. Mm-hmm. And Riley's would have writing all over it and uh, upside down. And uh, he was a bit of a scatterbrain guy. Great guy, but scatterbrain. So I threw it to Charlie. I was running the desk that night and we're putting out the paper. And I threw it to Charlie and said, read this. This will get you started. This will this will show you how it, how it works. And, I man, the sweat was popping out of his head. And an hour later, he throws it back to me and says, I couldn't find any corrections. And I said, you're bleeping fired. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, but uh, a great guy, and uh, trying to help us out there, trying to get us fired up. You know, and I've I've got a sidebar to this. If I want to play this again, and I I, I think mm-hmm. I've got you know because we're all about symbolism here on this mm-hmm. show, and I think we've we've got two greats that have contributed to not only this show but this radio station in the past that we can have side by side sound bites here. Okay, Charlie Walters, the big shooter. I got one thing to say to the crew of the Ride with Reiki. 
Let's kick some ass. I'm going out to cut grass. <laughs> We're going to kick some ass and go cut, out and cut, cut grass. grass. That's there right. You go. That's like good, it. Uh, that is a good idea. Boy, the Brian Dozier news uh, distressing. That? He yeah. got a little dizzy last night on the field. And uh, they had him check today, and he took an EKG, and there was some uh, uh, problems in there. They don't, we don't know how uh, irregularities, I guess they said. Uh, so he'll have to obviously go through further testing. But, boy, talk about something that came out of nowhere. Well, Man alive. And I, did, did he ever have anything like this come no. up in his past? Yeah, I can't remember. The lineup even, no. You know, I can't. You well, know, every day. He'd break his ankle and wrap it up and play. Hey. And, uh, yeah, nothing like this. I'm blaming peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Well, that's though. what I he was you, snacking really, on. I really feel that. Yeah. yeah, he was eating a peanut butter and banana sandwich. And, uh, and I, I've said this, and I said, uh, Elvis would be proud of you. And he said, you know where he's from, don't you? And, and actually, Dozier played American Legion ball for Tupelo. Because mm-hmm. uh, Conway's a little tiny town, and uh, I think it was 17 miles away, maybe, maybe even closer than that. But uh, good luck to him because he's been playing really well. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that highlight a couple of nights ago. Made a fantastic play behind second base. I missed that. And then he's he's hit three home runs and uh, scored scored a bunch of runs for them. They, and we Wicker told us yesterday they liked the way he's playing and he thought they'd probably sign him again. So. And the thing is with him and that team right now, they're in a dogfight. Arizona's oh, yeah. Arizona's winning the division, and I think they're back of the wild card too. They need to win the West. You know who's going to win a World Series? Don't you? It don't Oakland. Say- Oh, God, how great would that be? <laughs> They're unbelievable. How great they would that lose? be? I know. And Seattle goes in and beat. You know who better watch their Houston stuff? Houston. Yeah, yeah. They Seattle. They can't score any runs. They don't have Altuve and uh, Correa they just came back. Yeah, and uh, and they, Springer's out. Springer, no, he's back now. Is he? he? Oh, okay, maybe I thought he was back because I thought he hurt his thumb or no, whatever. Now for Oakland, is Fernando closing for them or is he just another? I think reliever. he's just another arm. Just another arm they, for them. Uh, yeah. they, but they got all these hard throws. I was going to say. Yeah. Well, they just added uh, somebody else for their bullpen. Uh, they added, after Fernando? After Fernando, they added another oh. guy. Yeah. Well, I got I got news for you, Manny. He throw, Fernando throws 96, and there's four other guys that throw, throw harder. Yeah. Yeah. And they're 22. They got all these oh, anonymous. Wow. But you look at their lineup, and they got Chris Davis and... A bunch of suspects, you know. Where this Chapman's apparently a good. Third the third baseman. baseman, the first baseman they got to the kid with the awkward left-handed swing. He's mm-hmm. he's a pretty good player. I, I watched their game. And Jed Lowry's having the right season of his life, and uh, it's unbelievable. Well, Luke Roy, they signed Luke Roy as a catcher. I don't know how much he's, he's contributed. Having a good year. Yeah. yeah, he's having a good year. But I watched their game against the Dodgers over the weekend, and I thought, man, they're they're good. Yeah, this isn't a, a fluke. No, and uh, yeah, Houston is you know just kind of messing around and. Losing Four. They've lost eight straight at home. How great would Houston, it be, how seriously? That... How great would it be if Oakland not only overtook them and won the division, but made things interesting in the play? That would be so great for baseball. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if if Kluber gets if if they get their pitching staff healthy. You're going to have well, Cleveland and Oakland will end up playing each other, unfortunately, in the second and third place game, right? Yeah, it's true because Boston uh, will Boston play the wild card Boston winner. Get the wild card winner. Uh, but I was going to say. There's a fighting chance by the t- something has to happen with the Red Sox. This can't continue. You can't be 50 games over 500. No, you, yeah, they're on they pace to win 150. You got to have or something whatever. bad happen. Right. Uh, Cleveland and there's a good chance Cleveland and Oakland will be playing better than either of them by the time you get the postseason. Oh, looking at the A's normal everyday lineup, just looking at they strike out a lot. Do mm-hmm. they? Yeah, I mean they hit a lot of home runs, and you know they can they can hit a little bit, but I'm just looking at 
Olsen, the first baseman, yes, 122 okay. strikeouts. Chris Davis, you mentioned him, 121. Lowry struck out, uh, struck out 102 oh, times. Oh, really? I didn't know he struck out that many. Uh, Simeon and Simeon. Chapman are both in the mid, mid-90s. They're going to get wow. to 100 strikeouts. You know who they need? They need our guy, Miguel. <laughs> He'd fit right into that lineup. Piscotty struck out 85 times. Boy, so God, boy, that that nice They're going to have seven or eight guys in their lineup that have struck out over Piscotti 100 times. Piscotty was a nice pickup for him. He yeah. went out to be near his mother, and she didn't last too long. No, she, she did not. He has died. Anyway, uh, good luck to Brian Dozier. He's a, I don't know, I know a lot of people say, ah, he was a whiner because he, you know. He's uh, he would have liked the Twins to give him a contract. Well, well, how does that make him any different? Right, uh, a pretty good dude and a hell of a player. So you, opinion. I missed, I missed the the Wicker thing, but he did say that they they're going to end up signing. Well, he says him. they're not going to sign, they're not going to sign Manny, so, but they're probably signed Dozier. So give him a year or two or whatever. Infield. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him something. Well, hopefully his heart's okay. Yeah, we'll be back. Matthew Collar is with us uh, out at Egan. Uh, the Vikings, what did we do today, sir? Uh, what was the practice schedule today? Well, what we have right in front of me at this moment is uh, just shorts and helmets. No pads okay. today as they get ready for uh, joint practices with the Jaguars for the next two days. Now, what are those? Are they the old uh, bumping head scrimmage that used to get violent, or are these a little softer, these uh, between-team scrimmages? So I think that the teams want them to be a little softer, but if you look around the league, they're usually uh, just an opportunity for guys to fight somebody because they practice against each other for a couple days and everybody turns it up to 11. You know, the guys who are trying hard to make the team, the third teamers and things like that, it starts to get a little heated. It's going to be 90 degrees out here. So, you know, the uh, Redskins and Jets just got in a huge fight the other day. It wasn't too long ago when there was a huge brawl between uh, the Cowboys and, and the Raiders. And I, I just don't really understand the I, purpose for I, the Minnesota Vikings to do it, you know? You're I don't risking I, something that uh, I don't know why you're doing it. I don't know why anybody does it. Uh, it. All it does is increase the risk of somebody getting hurt, doesn't it? I mean, to lose to lose a guy in one of these games, uh, I mean, in one of these scrimmages, it really drive me nuts. I guess, but I, you, I know you can lose them in your own practices, but uh, I, I don't, I don't get it. I've never heard another player say, "Oh man." I love to practice against these other teams because it, it takes a lot out of the guys. Maybe that's the reason that they're not practicing with pads today. But, I mean, I, it's still, you know, so many guys are trying to come out here and prove themselves, and then starters have to go against sometimes guys who are trying to prove themselves. And it's like it, it feels like you're playing a whole other preseason game, and then you're going out and playing them in an actual preseason game again a few days later. So most players, I think, are completely against it. And I know that Joe Thomas brought up, if you guys are going to do it, then you should actually pay us more yes. to do it because it's so it's so much actual work. So yeah, I don't I don't really understand it, especially for a team that didn't do it last year and went thirteen and three and had relatively good health. What uh, what are they trying to? They think they can evaluate their fringe players better playing against other teams or what? That would be my guess, and just trying to kind of raise the, the overall level of everybody's play to get ready for the regular season, to kind of go against another team that's, that's very talented. That was Mike Zimmer's explanation was, you know, the Jaguars have top to bottom a whole heck of a lot of talent and high expectations too, so it's kind of pushing each other, but also since they're not on each other's schedule for this year, 
kind of sharing some ideas. And, we're, you know, it, I, I think Mike Zimmer said he's got a good relationship with Tom Coughlin. So, you know, the coaching staff's talking a little bit and sharing some things. I, I think that the, that's probably the benefits they shoot for, but I think that the risks kind of outweigh those benefits. Hey, Matthew, uh, where's Jacksonville up in this area to play somebody else or what? I mean, they got a game uh, up here this weekend or something? Or? Oh, yeah. No, they're, these two teams are playing each other. Oh, weekend, I didn't know I that's think. who we were playing. I, I should have looked at the schedule. You know what I don't ever look at, though? If I have that wrong, then I'll laugh. But, like, <laughs> the, I never look at the preseason schedule no, I, until well, I realize. obviously, like, oh, I, I don't either. I, somebody told me today <laughs> they're home. So uh, that, to me, makes it even sillier. They might have some grudges yeah. to be settled uh, when they're playing. <laughs> right. And by the way, what a horrible time for an exhibition game. Noon on a Saturday. Idiotic. Yeah, I know. I mean, don't they know that we're just wrapping up uh, me and Judd's show at that point? <laughs> Jeez, uh, but right. yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's, you know, that's the, uh, the, the thing about, um, you know, all these kind of preseason games is just they're, they're, the, the schedule is goofy enough. Do you really need to add anything more to it? You know, it's, it's like one game's on a Saturday night and there's a Saturday afternoon and it's just kind of strange and, I don't know. It, overall, it probably means nothing, but it just feels like an odd thing to do for, for this year to add to the workload for a bunch of guys that have a lot of work ahead of them anyway. Remmers at, uh, back uh, at right guard running with the first team, is he? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen him participating today. I, actually, I'm okay. looking at him right now. He doesn't have his helmet on. Okay. But, but in the walkthrough, he was out there. So I, I think that uh, he probably is close to coming back. I mean, we never looked at his injury as being serious. And since he's a veteran, he should take his time. But, you know, what this offensive line looks like when he comes back will be interesting because Tom Compton started at left guard the other night. But I didn't think that he played very well or that – he's really anywhere close to being an NFL starter. I think he's a, a reserve. So, you know, would that mean that Danny Isidora gets a chance in this next upcoming game uh, to play on the left side, or will we see Avian Collins? It's, it's still very much up in the air, and I think if the offensive line struggles again, then we might hear of a free agent signing or trade or something like that. So uh, well, we did have a free agent signing, a guy from uh, Rutgers. I, uh, that yeah, always very excites exciting. me. Hey, uh, the uh, now Zim's... Okay, I'm always trying to interpret from a distance what what Zim says and what he's really saying. And he has chosen to be optimistic publicly about the offensive line. Is that a message for whom? Uh, yeah, I think that he's just trying to uh, be positive and not rip them yet until anything bad happens. But, I mean, at this point, it's hard to be overly positive. I think that then maybe the, the thing that you might get somewhat excited about is that Brian O'Neill, the second-round pick, has actually taken big steps here in camp. And you never know with the guy that's picked in the second round if he's going to you know, catch on right away or if he's going to need longer, if he's just going to bust. You know, The odds say it could pretty much go any way. But at least for right now, he played really well the other night and didn't allow a single quarterback pressure. And then he's, I think... I, I think he's kind of pushing for the the potential right tackle job. So maybe that has Zimmer somewhat excited. But, I mean, overall, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a major concern. Even when they get Elfline back, what he's going to look like in week one when he has to go up against DeForest Buckner, who's one of the best in the NFL, and he hasn't had a full camp. So the, the concerns are real. But I think as far as right now, it kind of reminds me of when, you know, Sam Bradford would have a bad game or something, and he would kind of, 
defend Bradford just because he knew there wasn't much he could do about it. Well, there isn't really much he could do about the, the state of this offensive line right now. Who is the backup tight end as we speak? Blake Bell or who's the number two tight end? Is it Blake Bell? Well, the number two, yeah, the number two is David Morgan, and that's okay. That. But that's to block, right? Yeah, right. He's to block. Uh, Blake Blake Bell or Tyler Conklin? I don't think that's decided yet. Uh, Conklin had a ball kind of bounce off of his hands the other night. They blame the quarterback, but it was one he might have been able to bring in. He's a better receiving tight end than Bell. I think it's really his job to win, but, you know, they, they've never gone out. It seems like every year there's always this conversation about going out and getting another tight end to help out Kyle Rudolph, and they just have never really done that. So the offense is basically just the key guys and nobody else because – the wide receivers, no one's really emerging. Your guy, Brandon Zilstra, was looking good, but then he got hurt, so he didn't play the other night. Stacey Coley's dinged up, so he's not no. practicing today. Like, everything passed uh, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and then Kyle Rudolph. And, and, you know, you have the running backs, too. But past those three, it's pretty shaky. Well, uh, yeah, that's everybody says they need a Zach Ertz type. You know who needs a Zach Ertz type? 31 other teams. <laughs> there are no Zach Ertz types. Philadelphia's got the only one, folks. Uh, there's about maybe two others as we speak of, but everybody everybody wants that guy who's a tight end, and but he's a wide receiver. So, Yeah, all you need is the uh, Tom Brady type at quarterback, and he'll be good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, we need it that. will be that. That is an interesting part of what this offense is going to look like, though, because I think Rudolph has high expectations for himself, but what they had in Philadelphia was a top-three tight end in the league, and they do not have that here. So uh, it will be interesting how they do use the tight end. My guess is that he's more of the the same red zone threat that he's been the last few years. Uh, I heard you and uh, Judd talking about this today. Beyond uh, the fact that uh, Coach Zimmer has assured us that Anthony Barr is one of his five favorite human beings in the world and he's his guy (laughs) and he would never trade him for Earl Thomas, uh, nothing (laughs) happening on a new deal, huh? No, and uh, Anthony's out here today and has his helmet. So, I mean, you know, he didn't play the other night, but it's not uncommon for a veteran player that would have any sort of tweak or ding or whatever it might be to sit out a preseason game. A bunch of guys did. Linval Joseph didn't play the other night either. Uh, so as far as it stands right now, I think it's just he's going to be on the team and they're probably not going to work out a deal in camp. I mean, as we get closer, it seems less and less likely that they're going to be able to figure something out. And then he'll just play this year on his fifth-year option. And trust me, he's not suffering, Pat. I know you're worried about his financial state, but he's making $12 million okay. this year. So he'll, he'll be all right. He's not in a place where holding out really makes a ton of sense for him. It's better for him to just go out there and have a great season and then see what he can get or the Vikings can franchise him next year. Uh, when it's 90 degrees and humid, uh, it's it's hot everywhere, obviously. Is that down there in that little uh, lower area they're in? Is it a little warmer than uh, other places uh, when you're out there watching practice? It, yeah, it feels pretty hot. I mean, I'm standing on this black concrete here, and, uh, you know, the – the field has all the the black sort of uh, rubber pellets and everything. It feels it feels pretty hot up here. There's a little bit of cloud cover today, so it's not too bad. I think yesterday was a little hotter, but they've been taking all sorts of breaks, you know, water breaks and things like that. Um, but over the next few days, when the Jaguars get here, I always think that that kind of pushes it up a little bit, you know, as as far as tension between players yes. and things like that. Yes. So, you know, you could see a little bit, you know, guys getting hot and pushing and shoving or something like that. So kind of speaks to the reason not to do it, but that'll be something that at least changes things up for us, I guess.
See, uh, so uh, Jacksonville tied to the absolutely tied in with Blake Bortles and all on board with him now, right? I no, I don't think so. I mean, even like having him on a contract extension, I, I don't think that that means that they are locked into him as their future quarterback. But after last year, I think that they decided, especially his second half of the year, that they could win with him. I don't necessarily agree with that opinion. I think he's probably one of the bottom five starting quarterbacks in the league and if i were them i would have drafted a guy or or traded for teddy bridgewater but as far as right now i mean it seems like they are at least for this season set on him and i guess maybe if he had had a terrible or if he has a terrible offseason and preseason they could still trade for bridgewater but uh it does look like at least for now they're locked in but in the future that contract allows them to move on from him if they want to. Okay, your uh, your uh, fellow that you uh, were partnering with this morning and will partner with on a part, uh, partner with on Saturday, Judd Zulgad, extremely worried last week about the uh, Kirk Cousins playing a series in Denver. Does Kirk Cousins see action in these uh, scrimmages? First of all, it really took me off guard that Judd was concerned about something. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it, uh, that was a first, yeah, for being around him. Um, I think that Kirk will play and maybe multiple series this time, uh, especially that it's going to be a U.S. Bank Stadium. So you're talking about, you know, wanting to getting, uh, be getting him out in front of the fans and things like that, show him off a little bit. Uh, I think what he did last week No, I mean, is, is he going to play the next two days? Will he be out there in this oh, scrimmage? Oh, oh they, they don't get hit, yeah. right? Quarterbacks are yeah. not they they yeah. don't get hit, right? No, no, no. He's okay. yeah, no, he's not gonna get hit. So he'll yeah, he'll practice and they'll definitely see some work against one of the NFL's best defense, but he's not gonna get touched. That's why I thought you meant uh uh, Sun, Sunday. Oh, he'll play uh, that, he'll play Saturday. That would start a big fight. Now uh Let's say that Kirk Cousins just on an outside chance is backing up in the pocket to throw a practice pass and his knee goes completely to hell. Uh, like has happened before. You know who's going to trade for Teddy Bridgewater, don't you? The Minnesota Vikings. That's who's going to trade for. I have definitely thought of this scenario for sure. That if, you know, there's even, even if it wasn't the whole season, even if he just, you know, broke an ankle or something, he could be back week eight and be like, I mean, it sounds like Sam Darnold has been amazing, and he was fantastic the other night in that preseason game. So they want him to start, but Teddy's been just as good in, in training camp. Naturally, the guy you drafted at the top pick, that's who you're going to give the job to. But I look around the league, and I can't find another real trade partner. People have brought up Tampa Bay, but they're only missing their guy for three games. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to give up an asset for three games. So uh, that's the only scenario that could happen, but... Boy, that would be one of the wildest storylines ever here if he was, you know, to, to come back in a trade because Kirk got hurt. My theory is the Vikings win the Super Bowl. Zim goes to the podium and says, boy, I wish Teddy was here. Uh, that's, that's, my, uh, that's my prediction. All right, Matthew. There's, thank a, there's a lot of man love there. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, Pat. Yep. Hey, uh, we'll be back. Sometimes these visions appear in my uh, brain. Uh Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, after September 7th, we're all going to have a little more free time on our hands. (laughs) Yes, we are. And here's what I see. 
I see Mrs. Mikulski yelling at Ron. Oh, my God. Get off your hands and knees and stop smelling that carpet. (laughs) (laughs) You've done it three times today. The accidents are over. (laughs) You get down here. I don't mind it if you get down there and smell it once or twice a day. But come on. Find something else to do. I just had that thought. You know, it's it's, it's, it's a lot of time to contemplate life. Here's Johnny. Boy, am I sitting on a couple of really good lines right now. Well, I was going to say, what do you got to lose, Chris? (laughs) This uh, update is brought to you by Menards. The Twins, uh, they had the day off yesterday, but they will play baseball this evening. They'll play Uh, weather permitting. Weather permitting. Yes. Dave Dahl said. uh, How would you like to be involved in the food fight with the rain? A food fight in the driving rain. That would really be fun. That would not be fun to clean That's up. That's at CHS Field. Go ahead, John. How'd you the, like uh, to be Captain Dynamite <laughs> on the drive right now? Yeah. There, there are several articles about the good captain online. Uh, I, I read a couple of them. Uh, he did it well into his 70s. So. Oh, man. I <laughs> uh, uh, drove him because there's no way when he got in the car he had any idea where the hell he was going. He also <laughs> had, uh, had a dust-up with his neighbors because he would practice these at home, apparently. <laughs> and it would make a lot of noise. So, what I love is the idea of a guy in a beat-up Ford pickup driving right, across right, the country with gunpowder gun and dynamite and everything in his truck. Yeah, oh, yeah the, he would have been putting... They would have sent him to Guantanamo and, uh, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago. The Twins uh, will play the Pittsburgh Pirates at Target Field tonight. Jake Odorizzi pitches for the Twins. Jamison Tyon for the uh, Pirates. If you're wondering, uh, Dave Dahl tells us between 5.30 and 7 we'll get some rain. So uh, we'll, okay. we'll see how that affects mm-hmm. the ball game from there. Uh, Byron Buxton activated from the disabled list at AAA Rochester. All right, let's, uh, I say eight days. How many days you give him before he gets hurt? You're giving him that many? Eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll only play half the time. Come on, Byron. Stay healthy, yeah. man. Yeah. He will be active for tonight's game for the Red Wings. Bunt. Please, please stay Don't healthy. Don't take any hard swings. Just bunt. Please, just, just bunt. stay healthy. Just bunt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Twins division and injuries, right-hander Trevor Bauer of the Indians has been placed oh, oh. on the 10-day disabled list. He has a small stress fracture in his right fibula, according to manager Terry Got Frank. Got hit by a line driver. Right? Yep. Got hit by a comebacker in a recent start. There's no timetable for his return to Oof. action just yet. God, he's having a great year. Yeah. He is. Yep. Lefty Tyler Olson brought up from AAA to take his spot on the roster for now. There it is. There's our opening. Come on, boys. Go get him. Sneak right in there. (laughs) Yeah. Right into first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the Mariners announcing today Robinson Cano has been reinstated after his 80-game suspension Mm -hmm. and added to their active roster. More problems at point guard for the Minnesota Lynx. Yesterday, of course, Lindsey Whalen announcing she was retiring after this season. Well, now point guard Danielle Robinson underwent ankle surgery yesterday and is out indefinitely. Robinson was injured in the second quarter of Thursday's game against Las Vegas. Originally diagnosed with a high ankle sprain, the ankle ultimately needed surgery. Pat, I know, I don't know if you were part of this conversation yesterday, but Rook gave a thorough breakdown of the Lynx point guard troubles and even yesterday suggested that he could add a couple of years to Lindsay's career <laughs> with, with the double pump double layup. Pump. Hey, did we sign uh did we yep. bring uh, somebody in? Sydney Colson. Okay. Uh, they signed I Sydney think she's Coulson. a wily veteran from the WNBA. Uh, she is. She's yeah. uh, played I don't remember 6 years, 7 years. Where did she play college ball, Manny? I don't know. Holy what? cow! Wait, wait, what? No, what? <laughs> what? He's officially given up. No. <laughs> uh, we'll Checked have, out. We're going to have somebody Kenny, in here. Kenny was already prepared to give me that 
eyes over the glasses glare. <laughs> no, actually, it's worse, Manny. Somebody's going to be escorting you from the property. <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? Sydney Ponsone. Sydney Sydney Remember? He was a shorter version of Mike Lance Lance. What was her what? last name? Sydney Colson. C O L S O N, Mr. A D D. What now? <laughs> Charles Colson's granddaughter. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. These she guys played. don't know who Coles, Charles <laughs> no. Colson is. She was a Aggie, Texas A and M University. Really? And how long has she been in the she's WNBA? A, she's twenty nine, so I don't. Yeah, know. I thought I read six. That's or seven. young by seven our standards. <laughs> That's young with Coach Reeves' team. That GM's doing a lousy job. Uh, they did wave forward. You're just going to toss Mayim. grenades the rest. Of- oh. <laughs> yeah. They did wave Andy Mayim to make room. Oh, no. Oh. Andy, who I think just joined him about a month ago. Yeah. She? she got one start, I believe. This is her fourth year in the WNBA. Oh, I wasn't even close. Was well, I? But 2017, 16. Oh, this is actually fifth, excuse me. Okay. But she yeah. she went between 2011 and we, 2015. We weren't that curious. Okay, she's probably, thank you. I'm guessing she's probably <laughs> And then, like, she was traded thank like a couple you, times. Johnny, that was fantastic. <laughs> Charlie Walters, the big shooter. I got one thing to say to the crew of the Ride with Reiki. Let's kick the ass. What is Marilyn waiting for? Uh, DJ Durkin has no chance to come back as the coach there, does he? He's been put on leave. Today, University of Maryland, no, uh, yeah, University of Maryland President Will Wallace Lowe uh, said the university accepts legal and moral responsibility for mistakes made by its athletic training staff at a workout on May 29th, which uh, ultimately led to the death of 19-year-old offensive lineman Jordan McNair. He lived for two weeks, uh, but he uh, finally he died from heat stroke. The university has parted ways with uh, assistant athletic director for sports performance, Rick Court. That's the uh, crazy trainer who was apparently one of these abusive type of trainers. Uh, but uh, Durkin, is, uh, he's not going to make it. Uh, he apparently was uh, uh, all in on the, he, the first guy he hired when he became coach there was this Court, the trainer, the, the screamer. And uh, ESPN broke this story, what, about a week ago now or four or five days ago? And uh, it's uh, just... Which, isn't that odd that that's old, the first we're hearing of it? it it's what? Because this happened, happen? didn't yeah, this? Yeah, but I mean, the, 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 they finally got some players to talk about how these guys were screamers and sure. you know, intimidators and everything else. And, of course, the big thing here is the, the kid was suffered his heat stroke at five o'clock, and the uh, the ambulance didn't arrive till five fifty-five. So it, it appears that uh, they, uh, you know, told him to go over and suck on an ice cube or something instead of. Uh, I mean, he he collapsed, and they did not. Uh, uh, Maryland called nine one one until McNair suffered a seizure at five o'clock, and they didn't call nine one one for an hour. So uh, anyway, he's going to go. Yeah, the interim coach there is Matt Canada, who was just there the first year uh, as the uh, he got f- hired from LSU because he got fired after one year at LSU. Uh, Matt Canada, he used to be the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. That's why. That's at, where the he name was is at Wisconsin familiar. for okay. a couple three years. He's kicked yeah. around somewhere. I know uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I think didn't he get uh, get a big raise to go to LSU and then. Uh, 
but no, he was somewhere between Wisconsin and uh, LSU. I, I was trying to think of why his name sounded familiar, but I yeah, think it he had was the offensive coordinator Wisconsin. there. And I, he, they probably gave him this job because he's new. You know, he wasn't really a Durkin. Let's scream at these guys and act like maniac uh, guys, and uh, they're pre- they're probably trying to separate themselves uh, from him. Anyway, what a horrible situation! And uh, Durkin's going down. I think uh, Urban's going to make it, don't you? I <laughs> I think Urban's going to uh, survive. As sad as it is to say, does this story deflect a little bit of the? criticism that was headed towards urban meyer in ohio state well, i don't think it the, the criticism but it kind of overshadows the scandal of, right of it, i guess that's that's it. a better way to put, put yeah. it but i, I think urban will get what fine the school will fine him five hundred thousand or a million dollars and uh suspend him for three four games something like that they're, they're supposed to be loaded by the way and they're supposed w- to have yeah. weren't we club. supposed to have a decision right now didn't they say 14 days and they were going to have the school was going to have well we're out there yet it's it's, it's i don't think it, it's been two weeks got a yet. few days left it'll be interesting to see what happens uh i don't think you know the 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 dreamers were saying well by that'd be a great job for bob stoops there's no way Stoops is going to walk into that situation, that mess that will be left behind if Urban gets fired. No, haven't. I so. mean, they'll have a great team, and I don't know who's this guy that's coaching them. I never heard of him, but uh, they, you know, they're. Here's the deal. Uh, I do believe the Gophers open. Isn't their Big Ten opener at Maryland? I don't know. Who the, I don't know who the Vikings are playing Saturday until just recently that they're playing Jacksonville. I think, I think well, the Gophers. I think Maryland and first, Ohio State are like two of their first three Big Ten games. Mm-hmm. I think, isn't it? Road games. Uh, I think. I think they're at uh, Maryland to uh, open the you know after playing the three non conference games. Mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, their website is terrible. Here we go. Whose website? The Gopher Football web- okay. website. Here we go. Let's uh, see how I know my Gopher. We book. open against New Mexico State, yes. Fresno State, Miami. We open at Maryland, September 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to be determined, sir. Well, that would, uh, they're going to be, uh, whatever happens at Maryland, is they're going to be going into a chaotic situation because the players have, you know, players who are on the team basically come out and some of them anonymously and said that they treated us like, you know, they were screaming and hollering and bullying. And, have we uh, gone through the Gopher football schedule? I know we did the Vikings. We haven't done the Gopher one yet, have we? No. Boy, they're going to get slaughtered this year. Oof, well, what do you think? Well, Maryland's, you know, that that's a very winnable road game. Okay, they are the, beat, are the, are they're the not Kirk beating Ferences? Iowa. Why are they not beating Iowa? Pat, they don't even have a quarterback. The Gophers. Well, that's a problem. Hey, they got a kid from Faribault, and you're bad mouthing him. Well, technically, he's he's not. For, no, he's not from Faribault. Alex Dad isn't he from No, Faribault? he's a Mankato West guy. Oh, well, well, then no wonder you don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Man, a Scar- yeah, I don't like the Scarlets. Beat Mankato West. Oh my! Actually, years ago. <laughs> no, they did. I think they beat him within the last five years, but mostly it's been a lopsided. Uh, it's been a lopsided ri- rivalry. That's for I sure. think uh, seven and five. I see seven and five. If what are you, they, if they what go are you Phil Mackey? If they go uh, three and zero, all right. So if they go three and zero at Maryland, they'll probably win that game. They go four and zero. They're going to lose to Iowa. They're going to lose to Ohio State. They play at Nebraska this year. I'm trying to be nice here because I'm trying to line up a, a, a Phil Fleck appearance. <laughs> I'm trying to line up a Phil Fleck appearance. Well, you know what? Maybe you're right. They host Indiana after yeah, they go to Nebraska. Their, their home Indiana's schedule, running. the Big Ten. The Big Ten schedule at home, they could run the board. At they're, Illinois. They're at Lovey. Lovey might yeah. be fired by then. Who yeah. knows? They host <laughs> Purdue. 
They can beat Purdue. Yeah. They host Northwestern. Yeah. And then they're at Wisconsin. Yeah. Their uh, their home schedule couldn't be easier. Mm-hmm. They but the, one of their problems is they do have an extra road game this year, right? I oh. think four home games, five road games. Is that their okay. home schedule? Is if you're a season ticket holder, you got to say, why am I doing this? There's going to be thirty thousand people at these games. Their home schedule is horrible. Maryland, Indiana, Illinois. Coach, Those are the what, ones I'm looking at for yeah. sure that they should win. Coach, what was that quarterback's name? As you can tell, we need some quarterbacks coming in here. Well, we got one. Uh, Vic Veramontes. Vic Veramontes. Yeah. This guy's unbelievable. Did you see I traded? I took. I finally took Vic off my uh, avatar. Oh, uh, you Vic took him down. Avatar. Yeah, I had I had to get Trump and Putin riding a horse <laughs> together back for that one. So. Two guys that are that good of friends should uh, get a little tribute. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back. Get out and vote. Come on, you lumps. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? I'll let you in on another little secret, Mr. Thatcher. I think I'm the man to do it, you see. I have money and property. If I don't look after the interests of the underprivileged... Maybe somebody else will. Maybe somebody without any money or property. Yes, yes, and that yes. Would money be too and property. Bad. Well, I happened to see your financial statement today, Charles. Oh, did you? Now, tell me honestly, my boy. Don't you think it's rather unwise to continue this philanthropic enterprise? This inquirer that's costing you a million dollars a year? You're right, Mr. Thatcher. I did lose a million dollars last year. I expect to lose a million dollars this year. I expect to lose a million dollars next year. You know, Mr. Thatcher, at the rate of a million dollars a year, I'll have to close this place in... 60 years. That little sound bite from Citizen Kane, uh, Orson Welles' masterpiece from 1941, considered by many, not me, but many, to be the greatest movie ever made. And it was about William Randolph Hearst, uh, who was the uh, owned the newspaper empire, the media empire, and uh, used it ruthlessly uh, to uh, get what he wanted, the Hearst empire. And uh, he was... Uh, he tried, in 1941, after Citizen Kane was released, he tried to get a hold of all the prints and have them, to buy them and burn them, burn them all. Uh, he and, uh, he and uh, Orson Welles didn't get along too well. William Randolph Hearst. But Citizen Kane, if you haven't seen it, uh, watch it. It's, it's fantastic. Anyway, William Randolph Hearst died on this day in 1951. Who's been to the Hearst Castle? Am I the only one? I have not. No, I have not. It's Where is it? on the California coast, up above L.A., a couple hours. And it was this big, it's up on a hill. It's above a city named, a little town named Cambria, of all things. Hmm. And it's up there. And uh, it's it's worth going to see. It's a, it's a mansion that he built. Thousand acres. I don't know how many acres. But he had a zoo there where the old African animals roamed uh, freely during the during the day i mean yeah was get, it open to the public uh, could you i don't know he was famous for his parties uh he was a hollywood starlet marion davis was his uh, kept lady and uh, they had an interesting relationship but uh citizen uh, orson wells did this uh pretty good hatchet job on without naming him that william was william randolph mm-hmm. Hearst. It was obviously about william randolph Hearst and uh he died in 1951, was uh, supposed to be quite the, the uh, user of power and wealth. Uh, luckily, we don't have that anymore in this country. We've moved past that, and you know we 
We've evolved. <laughs> yes, we have. We all, we all treat each other fairly and equally now. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte. But for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month. And you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.